I've come this morning to share a message that the Lord has laid on my heart, a message that I believe is very important, and a message that I believe that causes us to realize that we need to stand on the promises. What are the promises and what do we do to stand? We'll look at some of those questions and listen to God speak through his word this morning. I would like for you then to join with me as I share just a few verses of the story that we'll be talking about, found in the book of Daniel, the 12th chapter, verses 5 through 7. After finding your place in God's word, Daniel, the 12th chapter, verses 5 through 7, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, one on one side of the bank of the river and another on the other side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be be to the end of those wonders? And I heard a man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand, and, and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be a time, times, and half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the, the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Would you bow with us once again in prayer? Lord, we bow once again this morning, realizing, Lord, that our weakness and our unworthiness to come to the throne of grace, but we come boldly because you promised that you would be there for us, that we could be there with you, that we could listen to you speak, that we could apply it to our lives, we could live our lives for you as Daniel and many others. Help us, Lord, to glean from the story this morning some things that would buoy us in the right direction, that we'd be able to follow you closer than ever before. Thank you, Lord, for those promises that you'd be with us always. In your precious name we pray. Amen. A little uh, bit of what this scripture says, and it seems like it bears away from the story of Daniel. We'll get into a little bit uh, later, but, but what I wanted to share these verses because I realize that time is of essence, and I heard a minister say once that God is on the split-second agenda. And that says to me that I believe that God's people need to be in a hurry. I believe that we need to be ready to respond at the very moment of call, that we need to be ready to say yes to a love that will guide us, will give us the power to do his will, and will be there every step we make. I hear people say, when if God gives me a call and I hear what direction he wants me to go, I'm ready to take off. Well, I want you to tell, I want to tell you this morning, get ready to take off because God is wanting you in a direction that maybe he hasn't been able to use you yet. It was the case with Daniel. One of the things I see in the, in the Daniel story is God loves package deals. It wasn't just Daniel, it was his three friends and four people, four men of God, so ready to respond to God's call that not only did they change their own lives, the life of a king and the life of a country, but the life of the world because of these men so devoted to God, so full of faith and so ready to do what God wanted them to do. And as I, but I wanted just a little bit before as we looked at these verses I shared with you, there's something hidden in there that I gleaned from this week and I read it different times and I I kept thinking, time, 
would we see one year? That's a singular time, one year. Times, would we see a, a plural of maybe two years? Would we see a half a time as half of that first year? There's three and a half times or three and a half years that I believe it points to our Savior who came to this earth and who would pronounce the many things that needed to be and when it was all accomplished and when he had finished his job to reconcile the world in a direction they could go if they wanted to go to heaven, then that was the completion of what God wanted to say, even I believe in Daniel's day. And I believe that the three and a half there could well point in that direction. But I just love the song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. No, all other ground is sinking sand. And I believe that that's where we need to bring ourselves today. I want to bring you to the solid foundation laid by Jesus Christ at Calvary that will help you stand when it seems like you're on quicksand and seems like that there's a promise that's not quite there. But the song said, Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne. I want to bring you there this morning. You know, today I believe we stand before the throne of God. As you have gathered here at God's house, we are indeed in, as uh, Max Lucado says, in the grip of grace. I believe that's where we are today. I believe that we're standing in the grip of grace and God is there with all power even to save a soul that may be lost here today. That's an awesome thing. If you realize that you are in the presence of God, that you are under the dominant powers of God, that whatever the need is in your life, that you will be ready to respond to that just as sure as I'm standing before you today. God is all-powerful and he can guide us. You know, when I talk, think about grace, it, it's something that just makes me go beyond what I thought about God. It makes me go beyond what I even thought God thought about me. It makes me get into the realms of God's amazing grace and that's where I want to take you today. That's where we need to be. That's what we need to do. And I want to ask you the question before we go any further this morning. Are you willing to go with me? You've heard me say different times, I can never take you spiritually where I have not been. And my friends, I've been in the presence of the mighty God that we know and love and in the amazing grace that he has available under the mercies of his love and I know that he wants his children to be right there. And I don't know if you don't have the experience once in a while for that, but sometimes I think we need a little push. Speaking of a little push, I read a story just this week. Said the, uh, the traffic was heavy, and an old clunker was right in, uh, going down the road and get to the light, and the light changed, and the car died, and he couldn't move a peg, and people began to holler, blow their horns, and on and on. They impatiently, they sat there for as long as they could stand it, and finally they started pulling around with hollowings, no telling what, if the poor driver was so embarrassed about his car wouldn't run or truck, whatever it was. When finally, when the, crowd, when the uh, cars began to go around him and around him and seeing him sit there, and it almost, I thought about the Good Samaritan story. When all of a sudden an old gentleman pulled up behind him, gave him a little bit of nudge and shoved him just a little, little piece, and all of a sudden the, his old vehicle began to... Uh, get a few momentum going and he began to run and off he went. It just needed a little push. And you know, I believe that we're, in, as a Christian community, we probably know folks that needs just a little push when sometimes we're so critical of the uncommittedness of some people, maybe even in the church, in your family, in your, in, in your lives. 
but they need a little push. And sometimes that seems to be hard. The church has got a few stalled vehicles in it. I don't know about Clearview, but I'm sure, as we all sometimes, we stall a little bit. We need a push. You know, I've often said I, I don't reach the mark that I'm pressing toward, but I'm pressing. Paul hadn't either. Days before he died, he said, I pressed towards the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ, and that call was the same as your call and mine is today and is no less than what God could have said, be thou perfect. Paul said, and I say, and you must say, I can't. But I want you to know, God is looking for a desire to do. And I believe my lack of that will be get closer to what it ought to be if you and I with you will lift you up in prayer and pray that God would help you reach that mark you're pressing toward, whatever it might be. It might be some circumstance in your life, and I wouldn't even need to know what that was, but I'll pray for you. And though I cannot be a part of that step in the actual physical sense that you need, I can be a part in the spiritual realms of your life by praying for you. And there's power in prayer. It will, pre it will prevent you to be, not be what God wants you to be. And I think that God needs to help us uh, and we need to ask him to help us. I like Daniel. I love to read the story of Daniel. I went back, I read most of the chapter, or most of the book, rather. And uh, it, it, just, uh, it just seems like I, I could see uh, God had a package deal here with Daniel and his friends. And one of the things that happened to Daniel was the fact that the Babylonian king had taken over the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, and they had brought them under captivity but they were very choicey about it. Some were destroyed, but some in a select few were chosen to be of, of a higher IQ or whatever you want to say, I guess. They probably didn't know the initial IQ back then. But uh, nowadays, IQ means I quit. But that's not really what it's all about. I try. I need to press on. But anyway, Daniel and his three friends especially is centered out into the story that we have here in the, in the Bible. And it talks about how that when the king sought to bring Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, actually that wasn't their names when they came there. Uh, well, that was their names actually was changed from that name that they came into with. I think Daniel was called Belteshazzar when the king got through with him. And he wanted to change not only their, their, uh, their countenance, he wanted to change their names, he wanted to change their very existence. But the king failed because God will never. And because God's people can stand on the solid foundation, standing on the promises that God said, I'll be there. Not embarrassed to let the religion show. Young people I know, and nowadays we do live in a world that it's not the popular thing in the world to let it be known that you love and know God in a personal way through Jesus. But stand. And have, having done all to stand, having your loins girded about with truth. And to know the truth, you've got to know the Word of God. Did you ever hear that before? To know the will of God, you've got to know the Word of God? Sure you do. That's the instruction book that we have that we need to look at. But the king wanted to force his ways upon Daniel and his friends. And as he began to do that, he set a eunuch over them, one of his men. And... Uh, Daniel found favor with this eunuch and began to tell him what, he, uh, what the king was uh, trying to do. And he said, would you please give me an opportunity 
to prove you to you that my God is the greatest, awesomest God that you have ever heard about. We're finding favor, and you know, where was God in all of this? God was right in the middle of it. Sometimes it feels like God surely doesn't have a part in the situation going on in my life. I beg your pardon. God does have a lot to do with what's going on in your life. Whatever it might be, however small or large, God has something to do with your life. And in spite of what man feels that they are in control of this world, it ain't so. God is in control. Faith is what it's going to take for a nation to turn around. That's what it took in Daniel's day. Not only did he change his own life to become obedient to God, not only did he change the life of a king and the life of the eunuch and the life of that people, but he has changed with what he did and his stand he took. He has changed you and I today because we have a story of what it takes to stand on the promises that God has made possible. And so Daniel said, okay, sir, I'd like to, for you to just give me 10 days. And they was going to have three years to do this deal. But Daniel said, I, want, I just want 10 days. And if you'll let me just eat of the diet that I want to eat and I don't want to have a part of the king's meat, and I'll share with you how awesome God really is. And that the eunuch agreed because God touched his heart. And when it was over, the king found that he had uh, a greater stamina, a greater, greater knowledge and whatever it might be than all of the rest. What Daniel was doing was what God wants you and I to do today. And that's be an influence a direct influence on somebody else knowing about the God that you know that is an awesome God. You know, I've seen, I, I did in one of the Sunday school classes, I think it was Sister Lynn's maybe, one of the Sunday school classes I've seen on the chalkboard just this week in Bible school in one of the rooms we weren't using, but anyhow, the, the, the sign said, would, you, would there be enough evidence if you were put on trial to convict you as a Christian, would there be enough evidence that you would be convicted as a child of God? What an awesome question that is. Would you be able to? You know, one of the things I believe that we uh, lack in knowing that the fact is, uh, we say a lot without saying a lot. And I believe uh, sometimes that people can't hear what we're saying for seeing what we're doing. And uh, the life of the Christian needs to be just as Daniel was. And not only was Daniel able to uh, stand the change that the king wanted to make, but he was able to stand strong when he resisted. Now, one of the things that I want to touch on also this morning is, I know the Bible says obey God and country. Amen, I will, I want to. But not to the point that the government will override the God that we know and love. And God comes first. And we must stand in that direction as Daniel did. Children coming eager to learn this week was a positive note in my life such that it had changed my life in looking at a direction God wanted me to look at. Daniel wasn't an old man. He was a young man who had purposed in his life. And when he made that purpose and that commitment to God, it took him... Yes, you guessed it, to the lion's den. I don't know about you. Have you ever been cast into the lion's den for doing God's will? You probably have, but it, you might not have seen a roaring lion. But the devil was there, and he has a roar about him, and he has something that he wants to do to you to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. And may God help us to stand in the den of the devil.
and be able to stand proud. The children, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, well, they were standing for God too. And where did it take them? To the fiery furnace. You know, I've often uh, read in Scripture how that the furnace of afflictions, what is the Bible saying when it talks about the furnace of afflictions? God does not cause dozens of terrible, unfortunate things to happen in your life, but God is always there to see to those things that come. And yes, he does have the furnace of afflictions, and maybe he didn't put you there, but he'll use you while you are there, and he'll come in with you. And I just love the story of the children when they was in the furnace, that the king came and looked and said to the men beside him, I thought there was just three men you put in there, but I see another. Certainly that was God's presence with the people who was suffering for the sake of God. God will be there for you. He will often be there for you. Never neglect the fact that you feel like that God don't know where you're at and what's going on in your life. So I asked you the question, what is God up to in your life? What do you suppose God has in mind? For every one of us here this morning, God has some particular something in mind for you to do or to be or to show or to live out your life as he would have it. And I believe as we read in the verse when, it's all, when the accomplishment of God's will has come, then all these things will be fulfilled. So I believe that you and I need to be in a hurry to accomplish God's will in our lives. I think that we need to ask God to help us. God wasn't idle when Daniel was in the lion's den. He wasn't idle when the Hebrew children was in the furnace. He is not idle when he sees the, sec the situation that you might be in in your life because he is there and wants to be there. <clears throat> Daniel stood to impress the people about God's love. You are called, beginning this very moment, to stand to make an impression upon a people, even maybe one individual or a group or whatever it might be, and God wants to use you to impress someone else. You've heard me say uh, lots of times, I, I, and I want to ask you, how long has it been since you were a direct influence on leading somebody to the Lord? I, I, I just dare say that some of our Bible school teachers this week had that opportunity. And we had some that we felt like that maybe been, the Lord was dealing with their hearts, but we just pray that the seed was sown and that it will sprout into eternal life for someone that may have heard. God will place the opportunity before you, but you must be listening. You must be looking. The little kid song we used to sing, and I haven't heard it for years, but dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. And uh, that's what I believe this, this story here today is telling us, that we need to dare to be a Daniel and dare to stand alone because we will not stand alone if we want the Daniel aspect of our lives to be seen. So is God up to something in particular in your life? You're not going to know that unless you prayerfully seek it. That's how important prayer is. That's how important it is to talk to God in the daily aspects of your life and let God know that you know that God is going to be there when you take that stand. So I asked you the question, are you standing on the promise that God made to Daniel 
to Moses. You know, Moses was a little baby floating on the Nile River and God touched his life. And his little sister Miriam, well, she was an instrument in God's hand too to take care of her little brother. You know, I hear people say, am I my brother's keeper? Miriam would raise her hand and say, I sure am. So we need to be keepers of one another, of our church family. This is an awesome family of God's children. May we act in that direction and let God see that we know what he wants us to do. May God bless you as you walk close enough to the Lord to hear what he wants to say and that you will know what he wants you to do when you hear. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for your love. We thank you today, Lord, for the story that we can look at in the Bible that would cause us to look at our own lives and realize our own needs, that we need to stand strong in your will and be girded about with that truth that you have for us that, that we might let others know what a joy it is to know Jesus. Guide us now, Lord, in the invitation time that your will be done. Today is that special day for some person that is gathered here today that needs to make a decision. Guide that heart to respond. In your precious name we pray. Amen.